I'm doing part two of partnering with God and I'm calling it soul winning the believer's priority. Come with me to Matthew chapter 6 verse number 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. A lot of believers have been, have been trained to only look at themselves, what they would get, what they would eat, what they would wear, what they can receive from God. But Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, he says that the kingdom of God has a way it functions. The kingdom of God, he says that it is like a treasure that is hidden. That when one finds, he pays every price. He goes to sell all that he has. In other words, he prioritizes the treasure. And so, he forgoes everything because he has found something that is worth much more than all that he has. That's what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of God. It means that when it comes to the kingdom, we prioritize the things that are a priority unto God. We do what? We prioritize the things that are a priority unto God. Because God calls those things treasures. Praise the Lord, somebody. You see, Jesus came into the world with a primary mission to save mankind from sin and to reconcile him back to the father and he has therefore mandated all believers to continue this mission of reconciling man to god and expanding god's kingdom on earth the main purpose of jesus number one please write this down jesus came to save mankind from sin and guilt and to reconcile mankind to God and his inheritance. This is the primary purpose for which Jesus came. So God has an inheritance. But the only way we can have the inheritance is if we and him, we are in good standing. God created the earth. And the Bible says that out of the earth, he formed man. And when he formed man, the Bible says that, and God created a garden eastward of Eden. And in that garden, he placed man whom he had created. So God did not create mankind in a garden. So God created man. Somebody say option one. So man was exposed to the element of the world. Man was exposed to the natural life. Amen. But the Bible says the same earth that God created, what he did next was that God now created a garden. He created a conducive atmosphere and placed every treasure in that garden. Whatever man would need, even in that garden, he put stones. He put gold there. Man had not yet needed a gold, but he put the gold there. He put so many things in that garden, beautiful garden. 
All man who eat was in that garden. Man had not started eating goat meat. There was goat. Cow meat, there was cow. Buffalo, there was buffalo. Frog, there was frog. Antelope. Every animal God placed in their garden. He knew man would enjoy it. And because he knew man would enjoy it, he placed it. Then he picked man and brought man to live in the garden with an instruction. That this is what I built for myself. I have introduced you into the garden. That if you will live here and enjoy the things, you will obey my instructions. And when man disobeyed God, God said, I told you. That you only enjoy the treasures of this garden of eating when you live based on my instructions. If you not live on my instructions, you will build your own. So God sweated and built a garden. And God said to man, God carried man and put him in the garden. And when he put the man, he said, man of God, is this in the Bible? Yes. Come with me to Genesis Chapter 2, verse number 4. Read verse 4 a little, then I come to verse 14. These are the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no bush of the field was yet in the land. I'm reading English Standard Version of the Bible. And no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land. And there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land which was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. In the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. What did God do? He, he did what? The planting. Is everybody getting what? Who did the planting? So God did the planting. And so he put the man there. He says, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Out of the ground. Which ground is he talking about? The garden. So he goes on and on and on. And, the, and, 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 and God made to spring up every tree that is Pleasant in the sight, good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. Is somebody seeing it? Okay, so now let's go to verse number 15. And he said, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Are you seeing that? He's emphasizing on it that God took the man with a primary purpose. Work it and... And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. So in the garden when God gave man the assignment, as long as man was going about his assignment, it was God who would then now say, It is not good for man to be alone. So it was God who chose the life partner for him because man was on the go doing his assignment. Man, what assignment was man doing? An assignment that God had given to man to do. Is that, is that the truth? He told him to tend it and 
keep it. And the next verse, she says what? Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So there are many of us that we are praying to God, send me my destiny helpers. A person that is fit for my next level. A person that is fit for my promotion. Is that not, not what we pray for? But we forget the principle of the word. That God gave man a responsibility. And as long as man was committed to doing his part, it was God who said, it is not good for man to be alone. So you see, a lot of the prayers you are praying, we sweat and pray and nothing is happening because we have forgotten the first part. We seek first the interest of God and then all other things that everybody is asking and seeking for, I will add it unto you. So we see that God planted a garden. He planted a garden. He put man and he gave me a responsibility. Tend it and keep it. And then he went ahead to say that it is not good for man to be alone. If you are in this church and you are looking for a child, go about the father's business. Do what the father wants and you add. You are looking for an appointment, a a job opportunity. Go after what God, God is after and God will do it for you. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus came to save us. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 21. Let's look at the angel's message. He says, what does the angel say? Let's start from verse 20. The angelic message. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 20. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. Is where the meat is. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. So the angelic message for Jesus was that he will save his people from their sins. What was Jesus' testimony? Luke chapter 19 verse 10. He said, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I want to ask you, those of you here, who is a son of an angel? Who is a son of a goat? Were you born by man? Are you a son of man? So what is your assignment? For the son of man has come to and to that which was So every son of man, every daughter of man, every child of God that have been born by man, your primary assignment as a believer is to seek and to save that which was lost. So in your office, that's why God, when everybody went to for the interview, you were the one they selected. They selected you in the office because your primary assignment there is to seek 
and to say somebody in your office who is lost. Some people are lost because emotionally they don't know what to do. Some are lost as it relates to the next level, what they should do. So many people have done everything. Now they don't know what to do in their next level. And your assignment is to seek these people and bring them into personal relationship with Christ so that God reveal to them his plan and purpose concern their life for their next level. That is why God opens relationship doors for you. Our lady in this church, Amira, will be such an instrumental person in this church. But it was somebody who saw her and spoke to her and said, you look like a nice lady. But it looks like you are lost. I will take you to a church and introduce you to a man of God. He will teach you God's word and there will be transformation in your life. I don't know which mental or emotional state she was in at the time. Are you listening to me? But when she came to the church, she went through transformation. And see how much of a blessing she is to us in this church. The son of man came to seek. In other words, I am always on the lookout finding somebody that I can introduce Jesus to. Finding somebody who maybe might have been saved but is far away from God that I may bring the person to the saving knowledge of God. That God is a healer. Jesus came to die for us. God is a restorer of that which is broken. The son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. What was Paul's testimony? First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Paul's testimony. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This was Paul's statement. Paul says, Jesus came to save and Paul uses his testimony, I am chief. This is how you win the loss for the Lord. You use your personal testimony. So that it is not, you see, the gospel is not a gospel of condemnation. It's not a gospel of trying to prove that I am right, you are wrong. You are fornicators, adulterers, and womanizers. He says, I am chief. That is why in this church, when I'm preaching, I share my stories of what used to happen in my life. I used to have this weakness. I used to struggle with this. This was a temptation I overcame. It is because the gospel of Christ is a gospel of personal testimony that Jesus came to save of which, of whom I am chief. Somebody say, I am chief. So sharing the gospel is easy because everybody has a testimony. Who doesn't have a testimony in this church? Everybody has a testimony. So everybody can share because we all have individual testimonies. Am I communicating at all? And God has given us a mandate. Somebody say, I have a mandate. Number one, first mandate. He commands all his disciples to preach the gospel. Mark 16 Verse 15 to 20. Mark 16, verse 15 to 20. Yeah. He says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So, there will be people who will not receive their gospel. And it says, anybody that doesn't receive it is condemned. Do you want your siblings to be condemned? Do you want your colleague in the office to be condemned? If that happens and people die, your colleague who died, did you lead them to Christ? That's a question I want to ask everybody. What if your husband, God forbid, dies? Have you led your husband to Christ that you are sure that the person will go? Because they went to sleep and when they woke up, 45,000 people did not wake up. It's a question we all have to ask ourselves. But you, you have the gospel. Are you sharing? You know, it's interesting. Christians feel shy to share the gospel. But he calls you and I. You see, I see the same faces every day in church. No new people join. And there are many of us, the whole of last year, we didn't even invite one person to church. We never even spoke to anybody about Christ. Yet we spoke to people about, somebody asked, where did you do this, your hair? See how we talk about it. Let's look at verse 20. Because they've heard this word, Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. It says, and they went and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. They went everywhere. They, where did they go? Did they say they went to the market? They went where? Was it a specific day that they went? The Bible said they did what? They went everywhere. So it means we must go everywhere. It means we must go everywhere. We, I, I just spoke to a member of this church. I said there are people in the shipping lines. And the ships are there. There are people in it. I said I'm available to be doing morning devotion for them. I am going everywhere. Amen. I am going everywhere. Why are we not going to schools? Why people come to your shop to come and do your oil and things like that? Why are you not sharing the gospel with them? She said, "Let's say, no more Ah, now you 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 start a conversation. You look at the person's counter. You pray that God will give you opportunities to share the gospel. And when that grace is released, you look out for it. You see, when you have a grace and you don't use it for anything, nothing happens. But you're always on the lookout. God, this week, what am I sharing? Because when you are on the lookout, you'll find. The Bible says, he that seeks shall find. So when you seek for an opportunity to share the gospel, you will find somebody. When I look for opportunity to give to people, I'm always finding. You know, we don't have time for God. But we have time for everything. Funeral, you will leave Accra. You who is busy, you will leave Accra. And travel all the way to a tribune peso. We are going to escort Vida to funeral. Because she has to go to her boyfriends, uncles, father-in-laws, wives, brothers, sisters, husbands, uncles, funeral. We will go. I'm going because I have to, I have to go with her. But we never set the time aside and said, I have 28 leave days. Three of the days, four of the days of my 28, 
I will give it to God and I want to spread it. This day, this day it is market day for me, for souls. That we don't say that every month, my tithe for God in the month, there are 30 days. 10% of 30 is 3. So three days, I will dedicate it to going out for souls. I am paying a tithe of the days God has given me. Do you think God will let you die early? Or you die on timely death? No. It's just us, us, and us. But he commands us. And you see, Jesus only worked with them because they were on the go. So you can only see the miraculous. The miraculous is not for me, Pastor Daniel. God wants to use you as a worker of miracles. God wants to confirm your word. When you preach and you say, if you give your life to Christ, I'll pray for you. And the sickness will leave. And as you pray, it departs. Before Jesus' disciples went two by two into towns and they went to preach the gospel, the Holy Ghost had not fallen, yet miracles were happening. Because the principle is God works with those who want to partner with him to bring the loss to him. And, and you see, miracles are dinner bells. Miracles, they are what? Dinner bells that God uses. To bring the loss. So you, you, you can believe God for a miracle for somebody. And as God does it for you. He will be working with you. And as he works with you to do a miracle for somebody. He will do yours for you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all other things. Shall be added unto who? Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20. Let's go there. He says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. Verse 19. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20. Ah. Teaching them to observe all these things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the. So, can you imagine walking with Jesus, and then you are hungry, he won't give you food to eat. Can you imagine you are walking with Jesus, and you want a child, and he won't give you a child. Can you imagine you are walking with Jesus, and you want a husband, and he won't give you. If the lady had not entered into the church, would I have seen that there's two gold rings on her hand? When she walked in and she came into close proximity with me, I saw. What God is going to do. So God will do it for you because you are on the go. My prayer is that this church, beginning from this week, we will all be on the go for the Lord. We will do what? We will all be on the go for the Lord. All of us. We start with our brochures. You go there, you speak to somebody and you give it to him. In case you are not sure of the church I'm taking you to, this is from the church. Read it. This is it. And when the person sees the decency with which we've done it, our vision and our mission, it's easy for the person to come to church. So, so our mandate is that number one, he commanded his disciples to go after the souls. Number two. And then he sent them. He did not just command, he sent so God is not just commanding us to do. It's not just commanding. Anytime there's a commandment, there's a blessing attached to it. But then he sent them. In other words, there's, there's already been an empowering. You have already received the mandate. Go! It's done. 
So whatever you need, as he's sending you, he's giving you. You say, Pastor, I don't have boldness. He has, he has already given you the boldness. And he wants everybody to use what he's giving you. Your testimony. And he says, use your faith. You do the praying. Leave him to do the miracle. Praise the Lord. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me. I also send you. He says what? Peace. In other words, don't be confused. Don't, don't be worried. Don't, don't, let, don't, don't, don't get confused about this. The Father has sent me. I'm sending you. See, some of you, you are struggling. I know. I feel it for you. But if you would give your life to bringing the lost to Christ, you will never lack till you die. Listen, that's the work I'm doing. I never lack. You will never lack. I never lack right people. I started doing this when I was doing office supply. That's when I started sharing the gospel with people. I never lack. Why are you not sharing? You see, he wants us to share in the place he's giving us. Why should God open a bigger door for you? If you, he will only open it because in that place, you will use your influence. You will use your access. You will use your relationship to bring people. So you know what happened? The early church aggressively pursued the mission. Are you getting me? He's given us a mandate. And by that mandate, he commands us to go. And the early church, they aggressively pursued it. Will we aggressively pursue it? Whilst people were going to Atria to pray, as after God's work, souls, making available all mediums, because I was videographer, I was doing videos, I was just still talking to people, trying to convince people to stay in their church. The anointing fell on me. The difference is clear between those who were looking for anointing and those of us who were on the go for the work. Because the work is not to go and stay somewhere and fast and pray for many, many days without doing the work. Waiting to get oil to preach in the pulpit. The work is out there. I've seen most miracles not in preaching in church, but outside the church. I've seen, by the special grace of God, people rise up from their sick bed that they've been on it for two years without walking, without seeing their face. Just on the go, preaching the gospel on radio, I've seen people who cannot walk, walk. I've seen people who cannot bend, bend. I am not there. I don't see those things in church. I see, I've seen people who cannot see, begin to read. When you are on the go for the Lord, <laughs> It will amaze you what God can do with your life. I'm telling you. I've gone to, I've gone to, to speak to people in, in cars, in taxis. Prayed for them and God has healed them. I, I don't see those levels of miracles. Because those miracles, is not in the church. It's out there. How many of you want to see raw miracles in your personal life and in the life of your family? Preach the gospel. That is how it works. That is how it works. Just preach the gospel. Someone say the gospel. Look at Acts chapter 17 verse 6. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city crying. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. He said what? These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. They are what? Come here. Child of God. You will only turn your world upside down 
when you are on the go for the Lord, when you are out there reaching the loss for Christ, going for souls, you would turn your way. People can't figure you out. Very funny thing happened. One of my pastor friends came to see me. So I took him to our construction site. When we left the place, you know what he said? Azovo, you are very unassuming. You don't look like somebody who can build a house. Then I understood their estimation of me. And the type of house you are building doesn't make sense. What have I been doing? I'm on the go for the Lord. <laughs> Hello? In the evening when you are sleeping, I'm going on radio. I don't just preach on radio. I'm speaking to people about Christ. I just met Phoebe on the road and spoke to her. Hello, young lady. How are you doing? You look like a very beautiful lady. I hope all is well. She thought I was going to toast her. In her own words, she said, told me she wanted to tell me her mind. But she looked at me and kept crying. Said, oh, you're a very beautiful lady. I'm a pastor in this church. I'd like to invite you. Please just share fellowship with us. I'm, I'm sure you enjoy yourself. Because I went and first admired her and spoke nicely to her. She came to the church. How many of you has Phoebe sang and been a blessing to you? Many. She has stood on our stage and sang and God has brought many to the Lord. Can you imagine if this lady had not come to the church? Would she be singing? If she had not sung, would she bring many to the Lord? No. That is why God is not doing yours for you. Because your selfishness is limiting God from reaching out to too many people whose life will be a blessing to the kingdom. So he says, if you want to be selfish, then sell your own fish. I won't give you fish. Sell your own fish. Is it a punchline? So God wants us to reach the loss for him. Amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. What does he say? And with great power... The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And grace, grace was upon how many? Them all. So everybody that preaches the gospel, he says, you, you give witness to. With great power, you give witness to it. In other words, when I preach the gospel, and I lay my hand, God will work with me to confirm it with a miracle. That is me giving witness that this thing that I've told you, it works. This gospel, it works. You don't have to be an intercessor. You don't have to be a prayer warrior. You don't have to be a pastor. You will give witness when you preach it. He says grace was upon us. Great grace. There's a greater grace that comes upon the people. In Nigeria, in Bishop Oye, the post church, it is church members that raise the dead. No pastors. Who? They raise the dead in their church rough, rough, rough. Huh? Not only in that, when you go to Dr. Paul and Ninche's church, and most of the post children say, raising dead is easy. In fact, some of them, their church members, they translate. It, it, it will look like Dyson. One of them was kidnapped. He had gone to win souls, and whilst he was coming, he got kidnapped. And they took him somewhere. He was sitting down and he was singing a song. He was just singing a song. You have conquered it all. You have conquered. He was just singing a, a song to God. He was just, he's been captured by kidnappers. He was singing a song. He was singing a song. Whilst he was singing the song, he just found himself standing close to the police barrier, the military barrier. He was standing by the roadside. He was translated. 
See, this gospel has so much potency. But because we have not tried it, because we are not preaching it, because we are not living, how can a soul winner die? No! Others were there. God translated the person. And it was the soldiers who took her to a police station, did a report, and brought her. And when the news broke out in the, in the city, a lot of people started coming to the church. One person translated. You see, we read the gospel and we, it, it looks like... This is it real? Yes! People are living by it. My leg was swollen, this one, and that one. In fact, this one was bigger. Every night it was swollen. Can I tell you something? I went to rest because it looks like I nearly got stroke. My mouth was freezing. This part was, was freezing small, small. My part of my face was twitching. Sometimes I feel like my face is twitching. My whole entire body was, was, was running down. When I woke up, what was natural with men, it was not working. So I, I, I told my wife, I'm going, I'm going on holidays. I want to go and rest. Bought a ticket. Flew to go and rest. When I got there, my bishop came to me and said, Osovo, how are you? You are in? He said, you are preaching this evening. I said, Papa, I beg you, let me sleep today. He said, okay, just for today you can sleep. Tomorrow, you preach the gospel. I went the following day. I preached. When I came back, I put ointment on my leg. In fact, I think we did it on, I did it on the first night, right? I put ointment and bandage. Then I go and preach. Did the pain go? No. Day one, no. Day two, no. Day three, no. I was always, my leg was always swollen. I did it for five days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's four days, right? When I go to Accra and I slept, because I'd gone to win souls and I've come back, when I slept and woke up, the pain disappeared. The swelling is gone. What am I saying? <laughs> the miracle may not happen in the one, but when you are consistent on the go for the Lord, God will now, now after you have done his for him, do yours for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. Somebody say, I'll be on the go. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to 42. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And fellowshipping and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Look at the next verse. As a result of that, and fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done. When the people continued, many what? Wonders and signs were done. So I'm unable to minister signs and wonders to you because you have not done your part first. Great grace. See, the people you are afraid of. That every night you won't sleep. So you are doing kaya, kaya. You pray mopa. You pray NSPPD. You pray, you pray alpha hour. You pray omega hour. You pray every hour. You pray salvation hour. You pray everything. Then the next thing is, you are listening to Apostle Sermon. All those things good. Please, please don't get me wrong. But can I be brutally honest with you? It is useless if you don't win the soul. Because nothing will happen. Have you seen any change in your life? Not because what they are doing is wrong. 
But if you violate the first principle, the second will not work. If you don't put in the ignition to start a car and push it to reverse or drive, will the car move? Praying and sitting in the heat, you will feel the heat. Mm, but will the car move? It's okay. Word to the wise. So as believers in Christ, we have also received the same mission and have been fully equipped to carry it out. Have been what? Fully equipped to do what? Have I been given the, the, the equipment? Number one, we have been given the message. Someone say the message. You see, the message of Christ for the salvation of soul is what we call the gospel. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 to 4. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day. Uh, oh. One, two. Let's start from verse one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, wherein ye stand. What is he saying? Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So how do we preach it? We declare it unto who? Our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, even people in our community. The gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand. Next verse. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse 3. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So you see, I told you this, and it was based on scripture. So when I when I'm talking to you, you 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 don't talk to the people about the sin they've committed. You know sometimes evangelists stand in in cars and the way they preach the thing. No, you just preach the gospel, the gospel. So how do I preach it? Number one, the gospel is a message of please write down. The gospel is a message of a a message of love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet Christ died for us. So, you see, God shows us love whilst we are still sinners. And he says he died for us. He shows us a love by dying for us. Not because we are perfect. So God is not looking for perfect people to preach the gospel. He's looking for people who are imperfect to go and talk to people who are imperfect. God has showed us love. In that even in our sin, he came to die for us. That somebody just committed abortion, then you tell the person that, Charlie, none of us is perfect. Though. Me too, I'm a sinner. When I tell you my own, yours is better. But he gave me a chance. He can give you a chance. Say, you don't understand? I said, no, I, I don't need to understand. Because when I tell you, man, you won't understand. But he died for us. He just loved us. He, then people say that that is not the gospel that we must, we must. No. When a person starts working with God, he has a way of helping the person change. I used to have temper. Then I met Lady Irene. I still had anger. But in my work with her, she began to speak to me small, small. You don't have to get angry and talk about everything. If you say you are a Christian, learn to forgive people. Sometimes it's painful when she tells me. 
it, it cuts my heart. Forgive, say. This person has not treated me well. He says, but you are a Christian. You will forgive. You don't know how I do it to people. When you are feeling it is painful, but when you forgive, you see, and he tells you, forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. I learned it from this lady. You see, but she showed me love first. Can I, can I, can I confess? Lady Irene showed me so much love. I felt love. I didn't want to share that love. So honestly, I didn't want a child because I felt for the first time. And listen to me. Everybody saw me as a superman preaching, prophesying, laying hands on the sick. Yet there was a emptiness in my heart. See, there's emptiness in a lot of us. That is why you bring the gospel of love. The message of God is a powerful message. It will save people. Oh, I used to go to church. That, oh, I go to church. So I didn't come because you go to church or not. I just came to share with you God's love. Maybe just to remind you. If the person is resisting it, it's an indication that the person doesn't have the love. Just God loves you. I came to tell you God loves you. Just to maybe remind you that God loves you. That whatever you are going through, he still loves you. You'll be shocked. They will start crying. You'll be shocked. The, the, everything will start changing. God, God loves you. That the fact that things are not working doesn't... I didn't come to, to tell you that you don't go to church. I just came to talk to you about the message of God's love. Won't the person listen? Number two, the gospel is a message of peace. The gospel, number one, is a message of love. John 3, 16, Romans 5, verse 8. Number two, the gospel is a message of peace. It's a message of what? Peace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14. The gospel is a message of peace. It says this. For he is our peace. Who has made both man and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So you go with a message of peace. When the person says, I'm not sure God loves me because if he loves me, why am I going through? He say, listen. Number one, he wants you to have peace. If that door has not opened, Maybe it's because in that door, there will be no peace. But he came. That if you will just depend on him and trust his timing, trust his goodness, trust him to order your steps and to guide you, things will work for you. It is a gospel of peace. You preach it to bring peace to the person, not chaos. There are times I can see that somebody is meowing somebody in a marriage. I won't talk about it. Because the gospel is not a gospel of confusion. It's a gospel of peace. Don't condemn yourself. God has not condemned you. He still loves you. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. Whether you are a married woman and you have committed adultery, or you are a single person and you are fornicated, we are all sinners. When I, I gossip about somebody or I bear false witness against somebody, I am a sinner. Whether I commit abortion, I am a sinner. Whether I kill the human being, I am a sinner. Whether I slept with a pastor, got the pastor pregnant, and the pastor aborted, we are all sinners. God wants to forgive you. God wants to give you life. God says, if you can forgive yourself, he's willing and available to wipe away your sin that he will never remember. I say, man may remember, but God doesn't remember. I said, I said, the devil will try to remind you, but the gospel is having been justified by faith. 
by faith romans chapter 5 verse 1 we have peace with god he says i have peace with him the gospel is a message of peace c so a a message of love b a message of peace c a message of reconciliation it's a message of all second corinthians 5 18 he says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We have been given what? A ministry of reconciliation. The gospel is a gospel of, it is to reconcile. You tell somebody that God wants to have a personal relationship with you. That's what this church stands for. Bringing those who are far from God into a personal, we didn't say unsaved. We say far. Because some people, they are saved though. But they've been offended by people. They've been offended by pastors. Offended by church members. Offended by people. And God wants to give them reconciliation. Someone say reconciliation. reconciliation. That's why you preach. You tell them God wants to get you back to personal relationship with him. Sometimes because of their husbands or their divorce... They are, they are no more. They, they no more want to serve God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. D. It's a message of redemption. First Corinthians chapter six verse twenty. First Corinthians six twenty. First Corinthians chapter six. He says, "For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God." He says, "I have been bought. Redemption is I have been." A price has been paid. I am precious. You are precious before God. Please, don't destroy yourself. You are precious before God. I have been redeemed. I am no more under a curse. I have been redeemed. Hey! You are condemned. No, 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 no. A price has paid for me. I might not have come into the full expression, but I am not condemned. E or five. The gospel is a message of forgiveness isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 and after that you give me first john chapter 1 verse 9 he says come now let us reason together god is speaking i forgive you though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool come now let us god is saying whatever your reason is for which you don't want to be saved i am I'm forgiving you. I have AIDS. So what? You are forgiven. You don't know. I killed people. Eh? God said, you reason. Tell me the reason why you did that. Justify yourself. I said that. I'm forgiving you. Pastor, they used to call me Hedy. In the nightclub, I was called Hedy. God says, whether you are Hedy or you are principal. Whatever your name is, whatever you've done in the past, is not important. I have saved you if you have confessed the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I've done it for you. Whether you're a smoker or a drug addict, whoever you are, it's a message of forgiveness. First John one nine, first John one nine says, If we confess our sins, this is what we do. He is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins. He says that God is faithful. He is a just God. He looks at your life. He finds a way to justify why you did what you did and still forgives you. There's a movie I watch. It's called Original Sin. A lady you served took another person's identity and came to this guy. The guy fell in love with the girl. The girl would let his her boyfriend come and see with her. The man would even catch them red-handed. He still wanted the lady. The lady stole everything. The man did power of attorney so that she could sign on his bank account. With all the sins the lady was, I'm watching the movie. I am worried. Why are you, why are you sacrificing so much? Yet, he, he said the lady could sign. The lady signed every, every money and ran away with her boyfriend. And left this man. The man cried and wept and did everything. You know what? The man would sell every other thing that was left and went after the lady. Then I said, this is salvation. God so loved us. He sold everything, including sacrificing his only begotten son. And he's come after us. And he's telling us and begging us and saying, please, partner with me. Go out there. There is somebody I'm in love with. That person is unsaved. No matter the weakness, no matter the problem, no matter how crafty and canny and bad the person is, please partner with me. Bring them back to me because I am sick of love and all I need is my relationship with the person. And he's willing to sacrifice anything, including you. If you will not do it, he will let you go through suffering because he won't answer yours for you until you have answered his for him. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's will- See, nothing is beyond his sacrifice. That if you will not do it for him. He says he gave kings for their sake. Do you understand the meaning of it? He's willing to sacrifice kings. So your greatness can be short-circuited because you will not go for souls. People don't tell us these things so we don't know. Could it be that your next level is dependent on souls you win? The room is quiet now. Yeah. He said he gave kings for their sake. It was sacrificed See, this church, God has blessed me. Church, sometimes my wife gets worried. You are tired, please sleep. No, I'm after souls. I'm after, be on the go for the Lord and see. And we are going to, every month, every month we are going to be taking testimonies of people who have gone on the outreach and the doors that have opened. You will see the manifestation. Amira, if you like, I've taught you about giving, I'm teaching about sowing. Check it. Who will you, Juanita, how beautiful and pretty you are. Who will you, with all this beautiful, amazing face, speak to who will not listen to the gospel? But what do we do? We stay home. Me and I am bored. You'll be bored, Ampa. Because there's too much work out there. You're looking for a job. Work for God first. Start working for him. Watch and see what God will do for you. For you. A woman went to preach to people at the market. They both had eye problems. They carried all the women to Lady Irene's clinic. Lady Irene said, ah, are you on this soul winning spree? Yes. And, and so you have brought the people, ah, I'm doing eyes for you for free. Then she's talking to the women about Jesus and his love and everything. When she finished, she got a job. She got a contract. She didn't charge the women. How many women came? She got a job to go and check over 400 people's eye. Hasn't he gotten money? But where, how did they start? 
she was partnering with God for the salvation of souls. God has opened the door for her. You are there. Hayo, 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 no. Oba koso, oba yesesaisa, yesesaisa, kobo desule, Emma. It's a message of hope. It's a Titus chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. Yeah, it's a message of hope. Hope for eternal life and salvation. Hope for what? Eternal life and salvation. He says, Paul, a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. Next verse. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So the gospel is a gospel of eternal life and salvation. That you live forever. Amen? Amen? Yeah. It is also a hope of resurrection. It's what? A hope of resurrection. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Hope of resurrection. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. What does it say? It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, to what? Strangers. So the gospel is for, for strangers. Asia and Britannia. Next verse. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father. Through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be reconciled. So it's a message of hope of resurrection. As well, a message of all. Go to verse 3 of First Peter chapter 1, verse number 3. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we have been begotten, we have been born again unto God, unto a lively hope. How did he do? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we will be resurrected once again. We will be reconciled back to God once again. This is what the message of the gospel is about. And lastly, it's a message of salvation and deliverance. It means that, it means that it's a message that, that saves us from the aggression and brutality of the devil. It's a message that saves us from what? The aggression and the brutality of the devil. So he goes into a family, he wants to destroy it. The gospel is a message of, of salvation and deliverance. God comes to save you. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3 verse 8. Ah, First John chapter 3 verse number 8. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3 verse number 8. Praise the Lord, somebody. What does it say? He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is what the gospel is about. That is why he tells us that seek ye first, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added. Go out for the souls. Reach out for the lost at all costs. And then all the things people are looking for, he will give it to you. 
There are people I cannot bring. If you will partner with God, God will bring. God is calling you and I into a life of partnership with him. I'd like you to close your eyes and begin to pray. Pray and say, God, I come before you today. Use me to bring the loss to you. I know it's about taking responsibility. It's not that I don't have the anointing. Because it's not for specialized people. It is a responsibility for all believers. And Lord, I respond to the call.